This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. UFOs, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Facts, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to both segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. Tonight's special guest is someone who has been recommended to me for quite some time. I recently met her in person, and we coordinated tonight's interview. Our special guest is Inelia Benz. We'll discuss her story and her purpose. We'll also discuss her book, Interview with an Alien. Are you curious about the alien presence here on Earth? I know I am. Inelia Benz will be with us shortly. And visit the Veritas store for MMS. It's better to have it than not need it, than need it, and not have it. And also our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all of our seasons and bonus material. And to get in touch with me, it's very simple. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. There are alien races who are profiting from an enslaved human collective. However, the enslavement is being done by humans using fear. It is actually quite easy to enslave a people through fear. All you have to do is create an enemy and a terrible future. By owning most of the media outlets, those in charge can create any horror outcome they choose. By withholding resources, 
They create lack and poverty. By controlling the basic necessities of life, they create dependency. Once those things are established, they have full control of how you live your life. Could an extraterrestrial race be behind this? Could our fear and anxiety be the energy that nourishes this alien race? And that is why the human race feels enslaved in the 21st century? Could the hybrid program be a way to help us break away from those shackles? Or could it be a way to adapt a new race to take over the planet? For answers to these and many more questions, in Elliot Pence, he's coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Bob Dean, and you've been listening to The Veritas Show. Her full name is Inelia del Pilar Ahumada Avila, and is also known as Inelia Benz. She's here, as millions of others are, to raise the level of vibration of their planet. This is involved in assisting lightworkers and light warriors in their path as well as exploring and investigating what the dark side is doing on the planet. She has also been developing and investigating tools and practices which are quick and effective in the raising of awareness and vibration of individuals and the planet, including former religious practices, exploration of magic, mysticism, and even join a cult for a while. She came here knowing what she had to do, but did not know how to do it. She didn't even know the vocabulary to express what she had to do here. She just knew that the world and its people had to buzz better happier. The journey was not without its mistakes, defeats, dangers, and injuries, but has been worth it. On January 2010, she received a request from Source to go public, which she has done. The first thing she did was to establish an information source at www.ascension101.com. This assignment has been growing steadily, and at the same time, her quote-unquote behind-the-scenes work with other light workers and public figures continues. And directly from Northern California, I would like to introduce Inelia Benz to Veritas. Hello, Inelia, and welcome. How are you? Hi, Mel. I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure having you on. I met Inelia at, uh, well, I've known of Inelia for a couple of years now, I believe, but we ha I had the pleasure of meeting her at the Iseti Ranch uh, with James Gilliland, and she was kind enough to get me a ride to the airport. So I was 
privilege to spend some time with with Inelia and her daughter uh, in the car to to talk about some of her story. And you also gave me a book. The book is, is titled Interview with an Alien. And although it says it's fiction, I believe it's it's not. But before we start, Inelia, can you tell us a little bit more of yourself beyond of what I read? Well, basically, that's that's really it. <laughs> I've um, I've been on the planet for 46 years on this body, and really, basically, as um, on the matrix or reality, because I haven't really got a, an evolutionary path, as it were, that we from before I was born or that will continue after I'm, I'm I die in this body. So I don't have any any attention on any type of evolve you know evolving myself or any importance on the Nelia Benz construct or person. Every bit of action or information attention that I have is really to do the work of raising the vibrational level of the planet. And it's not a savior type thing, right? It's it's very much something that is very uh, informational and giving tools to individuals so they can do it themselves. No, so it's not it's, the new paradigm is all about each individual going forth and becoming empowered. It's not about a savior anymore. That's the old paradigm. So really, there there really isn't much to say. I don't think about me personally. So it's like a lighthouse. The the the, the sailor or, or the captain of a ship decides what to do with the light that's coming out of the lighthouse. Is that a good parallel? Uh, I think that would be more like the savior. I would say I would be part of the people in the boat (laughs) and saying to them, look, you've got a cup and why don't you just grab this cup and push all that water out of the boat? (laughs) So everybody has a cup and everybody's pulling the water out of the boat so they can make it to to their destination, as it were. When did you... And I hate to use the word different because that that sounds a little bit prejudgmental, but... When did you notice that the, that you had this this task, and when did you notice that you were different? Um, I w- I didn't actually know I was different until I became pub uh, public. You know, I I went out and made myself known uh, as a person because um, th- for one, I would never really expressed uh, to others, so others couldn't say you're really different, right? I knew that. The things that they teach you, how, how to communicate or how to function within society, how to uh, work as a human being or what's important as a human being didn't resonate or didn't work out for me, but I didn't know why. And um, But it wasn't until I went public and people started writing to me and saying things such as, you're really different and there's no other people around that are like you that I didn't, I, I knew that, you know, there wasn't that many people who were like that. At one point, you were walking with uh, your daughter. Uh, I forgot, forgot what city, but somebody asked you for directions, and you answered in Russian. Now, you don't speak Russian, right? No, I don't speak Russian. <laughs> and your daughter noticed that. Can you ex- elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, and this is something that's quite well known. If you're from Brazil or South America, there are people who can do this. And I was born in Chile, so it's probably something to do with that. But um, yes, there were people who were looking for... They were lost. They were in the metro in Madrid, and they were lost. Um, they, and I, I called them over and asked them what was wrong and where they wanted to go. And they showed me the map and told me that they were going. They wanted to go to um, the one of the museums. And um, so they were on the wrong side of the the train tracks, and they needed. I explained how to get there basically, and off they went. And my daughter 
looked at me and says, when did you learn, you know, Russian? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know Russian. And she said, mom, you were talking to them in Russian, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, unless it, was, it had been recorded and for me to listen back, um, I can't really say I was, because for me, my experience was that I was speaking to them in Spanish, right? Because we we're in, in Spain at the time. And for me, it was like, but it was like they could speak Spanish, but with a really thick accent. So I was trying to match their accent, right? That's how it felt. Interesting. Did you have any similar stories like that uh, throughout life? Only once before. It happened only once before, but I, I know that it did bring some attention in because um, I was about 12 or 13 or something like that, living in Nottingham, England. And uh, there was this man who was from Portugal, and he wasn't very well, and I sat next to him in this party. And I was talking to him for, for a couple of hours before he asked me where had I learned Portuguese. <laughs> And I said to him, I don't speak Portuguese. And he says to me, but you've been speaking Portuguese to me for the past two hours. And I go, okay, I think I'm going to move away from this person now. <laughs> oh, so wait, so this actually happened before then? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I thought yeah. for some reason that the, the Russian incident was only, you know, one, one incident, but this has happened before. Yeah, it had happened before when I was 12. And I think it, the word got around and other people came. It might have happened more times, but there was nobody there to tell me that it was happening. So for me, I was always speaking either English or Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. But for them, I was speaking this other language. And it's, it appears to be always when somebody is in great need of help um, and they need to communicate really badly. And it's not something conscious. It's not something I can, um, you know, uh, recreate or teach others to do. So for me, it's like, quite irrelevant because if I can't replicate something or teach others how to replicate it, it's not really very useful, right? So that's why I kind of left it by the wayside and haven't really explored it because I, I wasn't able to repl replicate it when I wanted, basically. What do you think, well, I guess you're saying that the common denominator is someone in need. What do you think triggers it? I have no idea. I know there must be, there's like, that connection, I don't know. I mean, healers would feel it, I suppose, when there's a connection of really wanting to communicate with somebody uh, because they really need it at that time. But I, I don't think it was me coming through. I think it was something else. And um, because I remember the um, after the 12, when I was 12 years old, the incident, this woman from BBC Two, I think, came over and she started speaking to me in French. You know, <laughs> I think she was trying to test it out. And of course it didn't work because she wasn't in any need. So I mean, she was just, you know, talking away in French and she was kept saying, do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, no. <laughs> but uh, at the time I didn't know what was happening either. So what was, what was your experience in, in elementary school, high school? Um, it was interesting in that I knew as much as what other people in the room knew. <laughs> um, so I was quite gifted if one of the teachers was there, but if the teacher wasn't in the room, then I couldn't really answer the questions. <laughs> so it was it, during the exams, I remember when I was 16, they used to do O-levels in England. And um, I did great until one of the exams, the teacher was sick. So another teacher took the exam and I didn't know any of the material. It was really weird. So it was like tapping into the human collective via other people. Right, the knowledge, the direct downloads, mm -hmm. which is a form of education that's actually been taking off right now around the planet. There's people who are teaching children how to 
download information directly when they need it. Right? So it's not something you have to carry with you all the time. You just download it when you need it. I've not been able to do it when there's nobody else around that knows it, but I'm sure it's just a method. This is something that I want to explore because you mentioned that in your book, and, and I'm fascinated because right now there's we're so dependent on technology. We yeah. leave on vacation, and and even people that uh, leave their their phones in the hotel, they just they they have this anxiety. They have to be connected. It's almost as as if we're tapping into a hive mind. And I don't mean to say that we're becoming cyborgs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like we're just uh, inserting computer chips into our brains, but we are so connected to the technology that uh, I sometimes wonder, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? I'd say that the technology we've invented is to make up for what we do and know naturally as human beings. Each us as human beings do have the capacity to connect telepathically with anybody on the planet and also to tap to any information that we need at any time. But it's been cut off and shut off with programs and probably genetic manipulation as well. However, we've we've brought it forth somehow through cell phones and computers and the, the internet. And I don't think it's so much a hive mentality because the hive has a queen, right? However, our, our collective is more like... Um, it really is a collective. It's, it's like it's like the internet. There's no high, there's no queen in the internet, right? That tells you what to to look at. It's just at the web. A, yes, it's just the web. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, this book that you gave me when you were saying goodbye at the airport, which I enjoyed it. I started reading it this week and I finished it this morning. Very interesting book. Now, at the beginning, you make a disclaimer. You, you insert a disclaimer here saying. This is a work of fiction. But I I took that as wink, wink. You know where <laughs> I'm coming from here. Um, is it really fiction or are the stories real and the characters fictional? Yeah, the stories are very real. There's, none, there's no story in there that's not actually real. <laughs> Let's just say that much. Sure. And the, But the two characters are really, um, in real life, would be about four or five people individuals who and by are, the way folks the, the the books is titled interview with an alien and uh, where can people get we can promote it later but just so, so that people know where can people buy this this book they, yeah they can get it at amazon okay um and also through my website there's a little link that says books at the bottom and you can click on that and get it well most of the interview today i want to really focus on the book because this has i say it's the meat and potatoes it's it's the nitty-gritty of some of the questions that that people who listen to the show have. And mm -hmm. it's about a hybrid. It's about a... Just give us a synopsis of what the book is all about, and then we'll start with the questions. Yeah. Basically, it's an individual who was... Um, it's a genetic hybrid, um, genetically altered to be able to house a soul that came from another planet. But physically, the, this person is a hybrid and has certain capacities and abilities that are way beyond anything that a regular human person could do. And they're very connected to um, what's happening on the planet and uh, doing certain things, but they will not use their abilities to protect themselves. That's why they have to stay anonymous. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, the the and the interview basically is uh, a little bit about what this person's life is like, um, what their experience of the planet is like, um, what type of things they're getting, uh, you know, doing here on the planet. 
and why they had to be born as a human being as such as well. The first question I have. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.